Hello and welcome to the Traction.gg podcast. I'm Tom and this is where we talk about racing games, racing esports and sim racing. You may have seen that Need for Speed Unbound, the first new Need for Speed since Heat way back in 2019, is now available and we have a full review in video or written form either on the Traction.gg website or the Traction.gg YouTube channel. Need for Speed is a much vaunted and long-running franchise and provides many people's entry into the racing game scene. Thus, it's important and that's why we cover it at Traction.gg. So joining us to discuss this latest release is creative director on the title, Criterion Games' Kieran Crimmins. Kieran has worked for the team for over 14 years now and on several Need for Speed titles. In this conversation, we run through his history with the franchise, but also how Unbound came to be, its development process over the past three years, and the elements he and the team are the most proud of and what differentiates it from previous Need for Speed titles. Heads up, we had a very small window to work with here, so we could only ask a certain number of questions, but Kieran was a champ and he went through things in a very detailed fashion. So I hope you still get a sense of the game's origins and the development process and the creative process as Electronic Arts reinvigorates the Need for Speed series. Kieran, uh, thank you very much for speaking to us today. Congratulations on the launch of Unbound as we record. The Palace Edition's available and the, the Standard Edition is uh, a few days' time. I just wanted to quickly ask about your personal career, if that's okay. Uh, I believe it's about 14 years at Criterion Games, which is a really good innings. So how has the Need for Speed series evolved in your time while you've been working there, do you think? Uh, I mean, I, I feel like everyone that we've made has been slightly different, certainly at Criterium, yeah. going from uh, Hot Pursuit, which is all, you know, supercars, exotic highways and gadgets, to uh, Most Wanted, that was all kind of open world, uh, kind of uh, flat progression uh, kind of stuff, uh, with some amazing online stuff, through to Rivals, which was uh, kind of actually a little bit more back to the um, back to the Hot Pursuit kind of thing, with the big, long, open open roads and cop presses race stuff. Um no, I worked. I didn't work as much on um, uh, the reboot and um, payback uh, and heat, although I did do a little bit. Uh, but oh, okay. again, they were kind of their own thing as well, right? Uh, as in, they were uh, they, they were they were taking it back to the roots and uh, you know reinventing what Need for Speed was all about. Um, so yeah, I'd say it's changed. Pretty much every game's feel like a completely different project. Every game has right. certainly had its own uniqueness, and every game has uh, brought something new to the table. I like to think. Yeah, and obviously Unbound seems to almost be a whole new thing again, which we'll, we'll touch upon in a bit. Uh, I wanted to talk about the genesis of Unbound, if that's okay. Mm. So yeah, the last all-new Need for Speed game was Heat in 2019. Yeah. You said you worked on it a bit. I think it was led by Ghost Games, if that's correct. That's right, yeah. So once that was shipped, was the thinking of Unbound starting at that point then, or did it come a bit later on? Uh, no, so uh, you know we were we 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 were working actually we were working on Unbound quite uh, sorry on Heat quite a lot at the end. Uh, so when it shipped, you know we were all celebrating and it was happy days. Mm. Um, but we'd already started working on the next <laughs> game because you know like the different teams kind of uh, silo on different things. So it's yeah. not like it's um, kind of have different different production tracks. Uh, so I'd say absolutely there were, there was a big crossover there, and um, you know our friends at Ghost, uh, a lot of them. Uh, before they became Criterion again, they're just over the road. I can see them from my desk. So, like, there are a lot of old Criterion people there as well who are now Criterion people again. You know, we're all good friends. So, um, uh, it was less of a, a handing over and more of a like, oh, what should we do this time? And like talking about it and stuff like that. Also, uh, because we hadn't led a Need for Speed and we knew we were going to lead this one, um, there was a whole bunch of kind of ideas and inspiration and things we wanted to try out that have been bubbling up while we've been working on Battlefields and Battlefronts and uh, other games of, of that 
kind of ilk. So um, we actually had a lot of ideas and we were pretty keen to get cracking. Um, and we'd actually kind of, we'd started some of the concept work before the uh, before he even finished, as, as you would imagine, oh, especially, especially the stuff. Although the stuff that they concept that then is certainly not the stuff that we went through into production with, but um, you can you, you can imagine the, uh, we, we talk a lot about car games, we talk a lot about Need for Speed. So um, it was more like a rolling project rather than it felt like a big right. handover or anything like that. I see. So in some ways, it's kind of been three years in the making, but obviously at the initial stages, it's not really an active development per se. It's more uh, yeah. ideas. But in, I want to talk about in the middle, if that's okay, or roughly in the middle, from yeah. the outside looking in, where I think there was, a, I believe, a, a brief pause while the majority of the team worked to try and finish off Battlefield 2042. Yeah. Uh, just talk to me about that process. Was it completely on hold at that point, or were a few people still work, chipping away at it? Uh, yeah, the, no. There was a small team of people that were still uh, was, was still experimenting and uh, working on some of the more radical features, actually, to uh, to tr- try and polish them up. But it was a very um, it was a small team because you know uh, we got very close relationships with our friends at, uh, at Dice. We were we we've been working with for them for years, and we we're we we're very excited to make sure that their game was as good as it could possibly be. And uh, as you can see from it, like it, it needed a lot of help, and we were happy to give it. So. Um, it, it, I, I, yeah, I wouldn't say the uh, that Need for Speed moved on tremendously in that year because it was a small group of people. I, I was I was still on it as as you would expect. So uh, I, I made some change, um, but it wasn't uh, it wasn't our main main development focus at that time. We wanted to get Battlefield to be the best thing it could possibly be. I see. Yeah, that's that's fair enough. And then I suppose the final question on this particular avenue is that well, it might have changed privately ahead of this, but publicly in the May of this year, it was announced that Codemasters Cheshire was subsumed by Criterion, so I believe it works where you've got like two offices now, but they're all under the one company. That's and right. I believe they've been helping complete Unbound. So what's it been like working with the former Onrush and Dirt 5 team? I mean, it's been fantastic. There's some real talent on that team, and I was uh, like, I couldn't have been. It couldn't. It, it, it couldn't have been nicer to have such a talented and enthusiastic team join uh, as we we're shipping the game. And they were kind of here for the last kind of whole last year of the project. Um, their kind of expertise and the stuff that they've been doing, and 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 their kind of uh, opinion is slightly different to ours. They had a slightly different way of doing things, slightly different set of things. Um, but that, in general, that's a really great thing, especially because they kind of integrated themselves straight into the team, into all the different crafts and all the different areas so um their kind of point of view is invaluable in uh, increasing the quality of everything across the board i love that lot i'm so happy they got to <laughs> finish here yeah. and uh, they definitely made everything in the game much better so uh thanks for joining <laughs> yeah well extra extra hands always helps out doesn't it especially absolutely big projects yeah yeah and i suppose they can also sometimes bring fresh perspectives exactly yeah their perspective was absolutely fresh i mean they they, they were making things in a completely different way to we were but there was a load of merit to it as well so you know we took Fantastic. the best parts of that and um and, and roll with it wonderful uh the next point i'd like to talk to you about is i feel is a positive step because i think the industry needs to move forward but mm. talk to me through the decision about uh not releasing on ps4 and xbox one if that's okay yeah i mean we wanted to we wanted to make the best game we possibly could um uh, as we were going through it we the, the stuff we could do on the current gen console i'm still getting used to calling it current gen by the way <laughs> yeah <laughs> uh, the stuff we can do on current gen consoles is just so much better than uh what we could do on um 
previous gen, we wanted to double down on it. We wanted to deliver the best possible experience to the players um, that could play it, and that that was all that was all on current gen. I mean, the fact I, I, I don't know you haven't played it yet, but hopefully you will. You got a code. No. But, yes. uh, uh, pl- after play, this call, <laughs> after this call, yeah, wonderful, wonderful. Uh, playing it all at like 4K, at, um, 60 frames a second HDR is an absolutely transformative racing game experience, and like that with the new physics system and the new handling and the new effects and new graphics it's just um i feel like anyone that plays it will totally understand it but i can understand other people being uh it's a sh- you know don't be wrong it's a shame I-, I would love to um release on everything from you know your casio watch to your tv but we want we want to make the best you know we want to make the best possible player experience we can and that was on current gen interesting well thanks for answering that yeah i've got it uh queued up on the playstation 5 downloading so hopefully good, good, test good. it out soon um and speaking of visuals the art direction of the game is very distinctive yeah it's very unique in comparison to anything in the series so far so what were the main inspirations behind that yeah and there's twofold uh, so we talked earlier about um racing games being a place for innovation and need for speed kind of being one of the vanguards of innovation within the racing space and that was certainly how criterion have always um kind of approached any of their racing games if you see our old library it's all a bunch of kind of crazy different and um, unique stuff so um there's always that drive from us to want to push the boundaries to want to try something different want to give something new to the genre back to the uh, audience something that doesn't exist already um but the actual choice to do that particular innovation um mainly came from street art i would say like we have a lot of street art that we need for speed is kind of synonymous with street culture uh uh, so as part of our thing we were partnering with uh, some really great street artists like jc Riviera and people like so we had their artwork all over the walls you know whatever and then um we're also building the new uh, handling system at the same time so um it was kind of a flash of inspiration where we were struggling for feedback and then we also had that art on the wall and we we're like what if we use that art to do feedback and then as soon as we tried it out and as soon as we did the first prototype which you know a criterion we do we we don't make any decision without a prototype without being able to feel whether it feels good to play mm-hmm. yeah or not but as soon as we did the first prototype for that stuff and then put the burst nitrous system on it as well it was uh, it felt amazing uh so um I, I, you know, I understand it's probably a little off the wall and it's certainly unexpected from a lot of people, but, uh, if they play it and they, uh, try it and they see just how fun, um, just how much that stuff adds to the, uh, driving experience, uh, I think they're going to really, really like it. Have you ever considered creating your own podcast? Well, thanks to Brusprout, you could. It's what the Traction.gg podcast uses to host the podcasts, create the descriptions, upload the image artwork, make sure the audio is correct, create social media little video clips for each episode, and they make sure it's all on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Amazon Music, etc. The works. If you use the affiliate link in the podcast description, we will earn a little commission that helps the podcast to keep going. But also, if you set a podcast up using that, you will receive $20 of Buzzsprout credit after the second paid invoice. On a personal level, it's quick, it's easy, it's straightforward, it takes a hassle out of podcasting. So if you've ever wanted to get your voice out into the world, may we recommend Buzzsprout. Interesting. So the look adds to the driving experience. Absolutely, think- yeah. Uh, let's dip into that really quickly because you mentioned it a couple of times actually in terms of uh, it sounds like the handling model is all new so was a a huge amount of work went into making that feel different and feel good first of all before you started adding other elements uh, yeah, I mean, uh, I'd say feel different, not so much. Uh, it's more like ah, okay. we, have that, we have we have that extra fidelity, um, right? But- 
we always have the uh, the remit of uh, easy to pick up, hard to master, and that's right. a kind of like was, I think we've got it printed on one of the walls uh, criterion <laughs> somewhere, um, and that means that um, when you first pick up and play, it's an arcade game at its at its heart. It should be easy to control. You should be able to have a great time uh, straight out the bat, and you should be able to feel like you're driving as a hero. We we actually call it the heroic uh, handling system, and that's all down to the assist. So that's all down to making it feel as familiar and as uh, um, uh, kind of comfortable to your driving style as possible and also allowing you to do things that you would never do in a you know if you were playing those kind of things in a sim game you wanted to do I don't know a J turn like you do a J turn without our assist it would be very very hard to do but in our game you should be able to pick it up pretty intuitively but that doesn't mean that it's binary or um, there's no mastery in there there's still because we have that depth of that wonderful you know simulation and calculation the um the more you play it the more you kind of expose the uh the under uh, underlying kind of simulation as it were which means that there's a massive sense of depth there for you to master and get really really good and you know play play the game for 100 hours and it's it's like a totally different game because of that kind of system but uh, when it comes to the um, the um, driving effects and the burst nitrous system, which is almost like a, a layer on top of those kind of um, handling system we build. So yes, we build that stuff first. We have to make sure the fundamentals are there. It has to be fun first. It has to be fun for pretty much everyone to be able to pick up and play. And you know, it's a it's a racing game. That is the that's the bread and butter. That's the core, right? You can't make a good racing game without a good handling system. I don't think. But then once you've got that, um, then there's another level of engagement, which is more about you think like that's your second to second then what's your kind of minute to minute engagement and um we love to experiment with different kind of boost systems if you've seen our games we've had about five different boost systems in the game uh and they usually they've usually got a direction behind them there's a reason like in burnout it's a white knuckle ride you only need to stay boosting for as long as long as possible and try and like chain that boost and if you manage to chain that boost without crashing you get another one and you can keep chaining it and that was all giving you this kind of like a ah, super intense experience which is uh, I absolutely love I love those games but um, Need for Speed is more about smaller moments of mastery so it's like you do the perfect drift you do the perfect draft and then overtake or you uh, you take the corner and do a perfect jump to get over the thing so the um, Burst Nitro system is made in a way that every time you do something that's a little moment of mastery you get a little bit of boost for that uh, mastery and it's actually it's actually timed in the Burst Nitro system moment so you know you're doing it because you'll see some of the visceral kind of effects coming out and you'll know that meter's getting filled up and then at a certain but if you don't use it in time then you'll lose the kind of um the benefit of doing those things so the the kind of player action that we're trying to encourage is you to combo little moments of mastery like three or four in a row and then use the um the boost at its level three um burst nitro system so that it becomes a game it's almost like it's almost like Tony Hawk's in a way, you know, you like you do, you do, you do a little combo of cool driving things and then you tactically use it right at the right time to, you know, do a really even, even cooler, like a super move, if you will. Um, uh, and, and that's the kind of, that's the system that we, tr- that we were originally building. And then this, um, this kind of uh, visceral feedback mechanism through the um, uh, graffiti comes to life is what we use to kind of illustrate it to the player so they can understand exactly what they're doing. When I see people playing at the moment and they'll um, they'll use it completely intuitively, like they'll do a, a drift and then they'll do a draft and then they'll get the perfect draft and they'll take over and they'll be like, oh, that felt amazing. Like they basically do right. that little combo. They'll never really understand that game design that I just talked about. But when I see the players do it, it brings me so much joy because it's such a wonderful and fun way to play a game. And uh, it was the original design intent around those uh, around that mechanic. Interesting. Yeah. So it sounds like it's 
there's actually a lot there, but if it's designed in a way where you slowly build up the skills and learn those elements of, oh, I need to chain that to that and to get the uh, booster, that sounds like it'll be fascinating. I can't wait to try that. I know we're running short on time, so I don't want to keep you too long in your massive day of interviews. Apologies. Would you say that Unbound is, uh, you know, representative of a fresh start or a rebirth for the series? And is it something, is it now uh, like a platform that can be built on for subsequent releases, perhaps? Yeah, I mean, uh, it's difficult. It is and it isn't. So the, um, uh, well, if you think about, so what I talked about in innovation in racing games, we always want to bring something new. We always want to bring something exciting. We always want to bring something that um, players uh, are going to be excited for, like they're going to have a new, we want to offer a new experience with every game. But that fundamental thing about basing the game on the street racer fantasy and that risk and reward that can come with that street racer fantasy and the things that have been in the games that I really love. I think about, you know, 2015 reboot, uh, Need for Speed Heat, uh, original most wanted, um, burnout. They were all based around that street racer fantasy and that kind of risk and reward within it. I think that's the direction that we want to stick with and that's the direction that we want to build upon. Um, and don't run this technological uh, direction we want to build upon as well. We've built a lot of systems in Frostbite and yeah. uh, it, it's a wonderful engine. Um, but I think uh, going forward, that's the thing that we want to keep and that's the direction we want to keep too. Um, and uh, you know, if you come into, if you buy a Need for Speed game in the future, hopefully you're buying a, buying a Street Racer Fantasy with something new and innovative in it. I see. Thank you very much. Well, I suppose final thoughts then. It sounds like it's been a, a long road. Are you looking forward to it being in the hands or on the SSDs of uh, players? <laughs> uh, I cannot wait. I, I, I'm already in absolute joy watching people play the game and experiencing the things that we wanted them to experience. And our goal is always to provide the very best player experience possible and uh, hopefully you can love us. They can't please everyone, especially with the Need for Speed uh, library of games that has varied and different so much, which some people might say is a weakness, but I think it's a strength of the series is that there's always going to be something new and interesting in there. But for those people that uh, really love it and those people that um, get to the you know, experience the emotions that those systems were designed for. Um, that's that's why we do this. It brings me so much joy to see them play it. Um, so yeah, do let me know if anyone likes the game or, or had a cat or, or even not. Do let me know. Will do. Will do. Well, Kieran, thank you very much for your time and uh, best of luck with the launch. Yeah, no worries. Cheers, Thomas. Thank you very much to Kieran for his time there and the PR representatives involved in behind the scenes and making that happen. What I really hope you gain from that brief chat is the amount of effort that's gone into this game. Certainly its looks are quite divisive. It's got a very, let's say, youthful style, aesthetic and music soundtrack, which isn't necessarily to everybody's taste. But if you can look past that, the gameplay is the best Need for Speed game in a very, very long time. So check out our review, like I say, on the website and our YouTube channel. We'll be back next week with another new podcast episode. Please do keep following and subscribing on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. We can see the numbers increasing. Thank you very much. As ever, check the website, traction.gg is the URL. Every single day, it's updated with news and views and guides. Plus, don't forget to subscribe to the YouTube channel. All right, that's it for this one. Keep it pinned. <laughs>